Occasionally, unbelievers attacked this site, accusing God said, man said of profiting from people's insecurities and superstitions via the gospel. They accuse us of money raking. A media rep was quite impressed the first time she visited God said, man said. She asked how we were going to capitalize on it. I answered that we weren't. A question came from an Australian believer during a recent marketing campaign in that country. He asked, what are your intentions for Australia? We answered, dear brother, we're just fishing. In regard to profiteering, it should be known that God said, man said, has no paid employees. God said, man said, pays no rent, no light bills, no heating bills, nor does it incur miscellaneous expenses such as faxes, copies, computer equipment, etc., other than internet and corporate accounting expenses, which represent a very small amount, all monies donated to this ministry are spent on the advertising of this website. In the business field, there is the term ROI, which, uh, excuse me, which stands for return on investment. Those who donate to God said Manson should be extremely happy about their ROI. The cost to generate one visit to this website is about 17 cents. The cost to generate one visit to further with Jesus where souls are surrendered to Jesus Christ, is approximately $6. We know of no other ministry, although there very well may be some, that returns a better ROI when you consider that a blood-bought soul is the most valuable commodity in the universe. What are God said, man said's intentions? By the grace of God, we are here to win the lost, to edify the saints, and to arm believers with soul-winning ammunition. Dear Visitor, have you made your peace with God? Have you surrendered your soul to Jesus Christ, the King of glory? I have marvelous news for you. Today is your day of salvation. Click on the further with Jesus for instant entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis chapter 2, 22 through 24. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. God said, Acts 15.20, But that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols, and from fornication, and from things strangled, and from blood. God said, 1 Corinthians 6.18, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. God said, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Man said we are simply animals, the highest level of the evolutionary chain. Sexuality is an animal instinct and totally natural. Marriage is an archaic religious construct, and religious restraints of the Bible are just superstition. Now the record. Recent emailers to God Said, Man Said raised questions concerning sex before marriage and cohabitation uh, living together before marriage. It is important to remember that God's commandments in His Holy Bible are inerrant. 
They are true and righteous altogether. Inherent within each commandment is a blessing or a curse. Disobeying the problems of making the wrong decision will become evident. It's the simple principle of reaping what you sow. I highly encourage you to attend the short five-part series on this website titled The Life Series. It will surely be worth your time. Premarital sex is basically known as fornication, which can also mean any manner of illicit sex. The message in Galatians quoted above reads, They which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you have or are now participating in fornication, repent and turn from it, lest it be your doom. To many, the threat of eternal damnation isn't strong enough to turn them from the lust of the moment. But as in all of God's commandments, disobedience yields at least two layers of hurt and woe, one here and one later. This article cataloging the wages of sin will be just one more proof that God is, that he authored the scriptures, and that he will hold all men accountable to it at a soon coming judgment day. Premarital sex, and in particular premarital cohabitation, they yield substantial devastation. In the 1960s and 1970s, about a half a million men and women were living together outside of wedlock. By the year 2000, the number had risen to 5 million. Researchers estimate that 50% of Americans cohabitate, and about 40% of these cohabitating homes have children involved. It is astounding to me to read the reference to George Barna's research that 60% of Americans believe the best way to create a successful marriage is premarital cohabitation. Kirby Anderson, a highly accredited author of several books ranging from genetic engineering to family and sexuality, holds degrees from Oregon State University, Yale, and Georgetown. He is a nationally syndicated columnist and the National Director of Probe Ministries International. Several of the following excerpts are from his article, Cohabitation. Contrary to conventional wisdom, cohabitation can be harmful to marriage as well as the couples and their children. One study based on the National Survey of Families and Households found that marriages which had prior uh, cohabitors were 46% more likely to divorce than marriages of non-cohabitors. The authors concluded from this study and from a review of previous studies that the risk of marital, uh, marital excuse me, disruption following cohabitation is beginning to take on the status of an empirical generalization. Marriages are held together by a common a commitment, which is absent in most, if not all, cohabitating relationships. Partners who live together value autonomy over commitment and tend not to be as committed as married couples in their dedication to the continuation of the relationship. One study found that living with a romantic partner prior to marriage was associated with more negative and less positive problem-solving support and behavior during marriage. The reason is simple. Since there is less certainty of a long-term commitment, there may be less motivation for cohabitating partners to develop their conflict resolution and support skills. Couples living together, however, miss out on more than just the benefits of marriage. Annual rates of depression among cohabitating couples are more than three times higher than they are among married couples. That's 300% higher. Those who cohabitate are much more likely to be unhappy in marriage and much more likely to think about divorce. Women in cohabitating relationships are more than twice as likely than married women to suffer physical and sexual abuse. 
Another study found that women in cohabitating relationships are nine times more likely to be killed by their partner than a woman in a marital relationship. Cohabitation is especially harmful to children. First, several studies have found that children currently living with a mother and her unmarried partner have significantly more behavior problems and lower academic performance than children in intact families. Second, there is the risk that the couple will break up, creating even more social and personal difficulties. Third, many of these children were not born in the present union, but in a previous union of one of the adult parents, usually the mother. Living in a house with a mother and an unmarried boyfriend is tenuous at best. Legal claims to child support and other sources of family income are absent, end of quote. The June 8, 2007 Reuters headline reads, Study, Relatively New STD Eclipses Gonorrhea. And the subheadline reads, Infection prevalence was 11 times higher in cohabitating couples, study finds. Portion of that article follows. A relatively new sexually transmitted infection has surpassed anisseria gonorrhea in prevalence among young adults in the United States, according to a new study. Mycoplasma genitalium was first identified in the 1980s. It can cause inflammation of the urethra, the urinary passage from the bladder in men, and inflammation... However, it seems many cases of the infection are symptom-free. In the current study, researchers at the University of Washington, Seattle, tested 1,714 women and 1,218 men between the ages of 18 and 27 years participating in Wave 3 of the National Longitudinal Study of Adolescent Health. Results of the study are published in the American Journal of Public Health. The investigators found that uh, mycoplasma genitalium infection in 1% of the participants. In contrast, the prevalence of gonorrhea was 0.4%. The prevalence of uh, chlamydia infection was 4.2%. The prevalence of mycoplasma genitalium infection was 11 times higher among individuals living with a sexual partner, 7 times higher among blacks, and 4 times higher among those who use condoms during sex, End of quote. The spread of STDs around the world, which is the result of disobeying God's commandment of chastity, is absolutely devastating. When God's word is rejected, expect the wages of sin. C. Everett Koop, M.D., former U.S. Surgeon General, said, When you have sex with someone, you are having sex with everyone they have had sex with for the last 10 years, and everyone they and their partners have had sex with for the last 10 years. End of quote. Statistical calculations show that someone who has had eight sexual partners has actually been exposed, excuse me, to the deeds and actions of 255 people. Those who do not turn and repent of their fornication pay here and pay later, and later is eternal. God said, Genesis 2, verses 20 through 24, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. God said, Acts 15.20, But that we write unto them, 
that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. God said, 1 Corinthians 6, 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. God said, Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Man said, we are simply animals, the highest level of the evolutionary chain. Sexuality is an animal instinct and totally natural. Marriage is an archaic religious construct, and the religious restraints of the Bible are just superstition. Now you have the record.